Hi, I'm Lori, and I want to welcome you to the Awakening Moments podcast. And I'm Rhonda. Lori and I are pastors here in Ottawa, Canada, and we're both wives, moms, and most importantly, daughters and servants of God. And it's our hope and prayer that you would have awakening moments with us as we wrestle through the hard things in life. Lori and I love that we can share our lives with you, so grab your tea or coffee and let's awaken our hearts together. Hello, Lori. Hi, Rhonda. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? So good. We are pumped up. So excited. I know. We come together to podcast and we talk for about an hour of everything that God is doing. <laughs> and then we're thinking, what do we even talk about? We have so oh. much that's like bursting out oh. of our hearts. Well, you know what? I think things are changing a little bit on the podcast, which is kind of exciting. <laughs> so I've been hearing murmurings that we've got some men listening in it's on the true. podcast. It's true. I think Welcome, we, men. We so love it. I, yeah, it's so funny <laughs> because, you know, we sort of started this as a launch from Heart Conference, our women's conference. But yeah, it seems like the Lord is just sort of expanding things in a beautiful way. And so, yeah, our audience is uh, growing and we've got to speak to the men too. I know. We realize we've got to change even our taglines. Yeah. We're, we're going to just talk to the girls. Uh, we're not talking to the girls. We're talking to the body of Christ, which is amazing. Yeah. So which exciting. is what we want. Anyway, yeah. it's such an honor. We love everybody who tunes in. It is so exciting. Yeah. We're honored. Yes. We love sharing life with people yeah. and we love... You know, honestly, it is such a blessing when someone will email me or see me on a Sunday or when they, you know, see me in person and say, oh my goodness, I listened to your last podcast and I, and they share something about their own lives or how they feel closer to you and I. And I think that was our heart that they would see that we're like everyone else working things out, trusting God and that we can do this together. We're in this together. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for even encouraging us. I just want to acknowledge that it's really encouraging because Sometimes we walk away from a podcast, we're like, did we really even share something <laughs> meaningful? Like, It's so true. Know. Sometimes when I re-listen to it to edit it, I'm like, oh, I don't know if that one was good. And then I listen to it and I'm like, I think it was, I think it was good. I, I, I enjoy it. I know. Because we're just talking yeah, and having yeah, our, sure. well, you've got your kombucha over there and I've got my coffee. <laughs> no <over>. booch bombs. <laughs> no booch bombs this week. So we're Please. good. <laughs> Please no booch bombs, especially you got your computer in front of you. I just, yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah, but anyway, oh, so no, good. So good. But I also think, I also think too, what's sort of happening or maybe how God has used the podcast to grow us is as we've been just sort of learning as we go and sharing things that God is saying that we're learning, how we're growing. I, I do believe God is stirring something in us, even for what is to come in the future. Mm-hmm. He's developing something in us. I think he's growing us in uh, being able to speak his word and being able to declare even prophetically what we're sensing. And I, there, you, I feel it. Don't you feel it? This like, yes, I do growth and this stirring. And I, I actually feel really excited about, you know, from here on what podcasts, what we're going to be sharing, because there really is, you just feel like the Lord is dialing up his presence, dialing Mm -hmm. up sort of the Mm -hmm. urgency of the time. And I feel like we're pressing into something really exciting and really powerful. 
I do too. And I think it re- when you're looking back on our podcast, it was an opportunity to grow, an opportunity even to exercise our faith, to put ourselves out there with whether it be a word that God was speaking or what we were sensing. And now you're seeing confirmations come back. And even some of the things we've been sensing, we're hearing global like leaders we greatly admire say some of the same things. Right. That is encouraging us to say, oh, we are hearing we are hearing exactly what you've been saying we have we are building in confidence right and that comes from just putting it out practicing so even as you've been listening to the podcast just know that you've been a part of our journey of us even exercising parts of our gifting and our faith and even allowing god to use us in a way that we never even thought i don't know i never even thought it would be similar to what i've been hearing from other great leaders and now i'm like wow God, there is something birthing in me that I want to be able to share. And so for those of you that are listening, we always say, don't despise the small beginnings or think we got to be at this certain level to be used by God. This is actually how it starts. You just start doing it. Yeah. Even if you make shift, like when I think of even how Oh my goodness. (laughs) Our first podcast, we're like, well, let's just try to now we're really feeling a little bit more comfortable in our podcasting, not that we have arrived, but we're feeling more comfortable as we go. So just start what God is birthing. I really believe this is a season that things are accelerating. So for each of you, I actually declare over your lives like that gift of courage and faith and boldness to take those steps and watch God accelerate Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. in your life that you didn't even think possible. That's what I'm really believing is happening. Yeah, because there's a development of our spiritual gifts. This is a season of development, a season of training in our spiritual gifts to step up, to bring to the world and to the body of Christ, that, that part of the body that we play, right. And to, to keep bringing it, keep bringing it, keep bringing it. Like it's beautiful and powerful and we have to practice and we don't get it right all the time and that's okay, but we have to keep practicing. We have to keep doing it. We have to keep developing. And I think this is part of our development. Like this podcast has been part of our development. Do you know, we're coming into season three, like at the end of this year, we're going to be coming into our third season on the podcast. Like that's amazing it is amazing and I even you sharing about developing I think sometimes we can even perhaps compare I'm going to use this very loosely not success that's not the word I'm trying to fit but perhaps how we've grown by the capacity maybe God uses us in right right and the thing is it's actually not about the capacity God determines that But what we do have to be obedient to is to actually practice and develop. So even as you're saying that, we've gone into season three. I mean, (laughs) who knows where God's going to take us? But this might be exactly where God has us. We don't know. Oh, totally. The capacity of it. So even as we're practicing, it's not for a greater desire to say, listen, this is for, as God opens doors, yes, but he may just keep it at a certain place too. Oh, totally. That's okay. So for each of you, don't compare how God is developing or using you based on the capacity of what you see or the doors that are opening, just based on I'm being a good steward and I want to practice this and I want to steward what God has given me, a gift he has given me and the rest is up to him. I think that's such a good word. That's actually really, really powerful because it's about our posture. Everything we do has to be as worship to the Lord. Mm -hmm. It has to be in our service to God, not like what we're going to get from people. And this is a thing we never know. So if we did this podcast and only one person listened, but if that one person heard something that empowered them to take a step that then affected 
one more person or 10 more people or 30 more people. That's how the ripple effect of how it works for God to use us. It actually isn't about the numbers mm-hmm. of, you know, what it, what is the end result? I mean, when we first started the podcast, I think like, I don't know, like there was like a hundred people listening or something like that. And we were like, oh my gosh, a <laughs> hundred people are listening. This yeah. is amazing. Who are they? And wow, this is so amazing. And it has grown. Like it's, we've just been faithful, but it doesn't matter. We would do it if there was one. We're, we're just right. doing, it's part of our obedience to God. It's part of our development. It's part of a way that we're even developing giftings of teaching. And, you know, where again, we don't have the same opportunity but um, we're we're wanting to develop those gifts. So we're just taking that step. But it doesn't matter because if one person hears the message, takes that message and does something with it, the multiplication that God does, we have no idea. And that's the same as when we witness. That's the same as when we share our faith with people. We have no idea what God's going to do with that seed in that one person. And so again, we can't, focus on the end result, we must focus on the obedience. And I think this is just part of our obedience. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Putting ourselves in this position because it was, it's been, it's, it's hard. Like it is you, hard. like, I mean, it's not hard to do this, but it's hard to put yourself out there in this kind of way. Cause you're like, Oh my gosh, what if I look stupid? What if I sound stupid? Yeah. What if I, or, or maybe I'm overshared. <laughs> Totally. Or now they know a bit too much. (laughs) You know, like you realize it really does take that down. But that's actually the goal. It's an intentional practice for us too, as leaders, because you can very easily become kind of isolated where your world, like people that actually know you or you have the ability to kind of process becomes very small. And, you know, obviously we have to be very, all of us, you have very close people that you're, no, like, you can be extremely authentic with, but you do need to practice authenticity and also practice how you're growing through it and how God is developing in you resolve and using his word to realign you, not just where you are or what you're sensing or feeling, but how is God using his word to realign you and to strengthen you and to bring truth into your life and to correct you and in a loving way for yeah, purpose and right, for his right. plans for you. And so I think this is part of us being able to naturally, intentionally pull up a space where we can be authentic because we want to be authentic. And I want, I, I love that scripture that says, don't think of yourself higher than you ought. Oh, <laughs> I actually have it written down. Because oh, even so sometimes I. when I get that's, into a fight with Jay. That's an alignment scripture for my life. Because <laughs> yeah. really often it's about pride. Yep. It's about something. Or if I get offended, it's because I'm actually thinking of myself. <laughs> well, you think you're right. Should. You think you're right. Yes. Of course I'm Which right. I usually am right. <laughs> No, no, I'm not. No, Jay, don't listen to this one. No, but really, sometimes I have to take a step back and be like, I actually am not responding because I think of myself better. And that's, uh, this is, I don't know how I got on that rabbit trail, but really us processing is God saying, like realigning us to scripture. And so thank you for all those that are listening and sharing with us. And we are encouraging you to grow. We are cheering you on. And we love doing life together. We really do. This is our way of doing life together. And we did this before COVID. 
even started. And it actually has been a lifeline for us too during COVID to be able to continue you and I to do life together, but to also stay connected to our church family or anyone else in our big church family listening that we can do life together and we can grow together, be real together and authentic, but not just stay in authenticity, but to grow to be more like Christ and to be defined by what he says we are to be in the truths that he has said and so set for good. us. It's so good. So. I know one of my favorite verses too is like when we're faithful in a little, God can mm. entrust us with much. And so mm-hmm. again, it really is about faithfulness. It is about just being faithful with the little yeah. that we do have. And the rest is up to God. Yeah. He He does the He does the rest. Yeah. We don't have to even worry about it. That doesn't have to be our motive. That doesn't have to be our goal. We just are faithful. We just have to be faithful with a little. So this is part of our little. This is part of our faithfulness with a little and yeah. just trusting whatever God wants to do. So I love that. I love that. But that's not even our topic for today. I know. Now I, I <laughs> That was just a bonus. This <laughs> <laughs> is a little bonus. I don't even know how we even bridge over to our next one because it's reconciliation. Yeah. It's like yeah, yeah. a pretty institution reconciliation. Exactly. Yeah. I want to put a little plug in. For Pastor Jason, <laughs> I am going to totally put a plug this past Sunday, and I'm, I'm going to date this podcast, which I probably shouldn't do, but it is October. If you look back at October 18th, it was probably one of the most riveting, inspirational, doctrinally sound messages on reconciliation I probably have ever heard in my life. Wow. And I think I sat in, like I listened to the first one after worship on the TV, and then I came in for the second into the service. Literally, you could hear a pin drop yeah. in every room that people were listening and they were coming in for the second service to actually absorb the, just the immensity of what was being shared in the spirit. And so I just want to give a plug. If you could go to lifecenter.org, look at the, um, more like Jesus series, and you're going to find it October 18th. It is honestly so powerful. And I think I know it's powerful, not just because this is actually the gospel, the gospel is what Jesus did. He actually reconciled us to himself. Yeah. And we're yeah. the forgiving of debts. How J.O. used that story. Pastor Jason used that yeah. story about, you know, the one that was given much, like yeah. forgiven much and then wouldn't forgive the little debt right. that was owed to yes. him. Yes. That is the gospel of reconciliation, what God has done for us. But how Pastor Jason articulated, unpacked it, I cannot encourage you enough to listen to it and to be just inspired by how God wants to use his spirit in your life to bring reconciliation. So with that being said, Lori, do you want to dive in a little bit to maybe something, some notes that you have and maybe take us from here? Yeah, for sure. No, it was, it was a very, very impactful message for sure. And reconciliation is one of those things that is, um, it, it's, it's a hard part of the, it's a hard part of our stories. Yeah. Because often the reconciliation process is an unresolved part of our stories right? So, you know, if we think about forgiveness or we even think about offenses, um, you know, all of those things, it's a little bit more concrete because there's a specific step that we can take. Like if it's, I need to forgive someone, that's a very specific step. Okay. I'm going to choose to forgive someone and I'm going to walk out that forgiveness. But the reconciliation of the relationship of what has happened, maybe as a result of an offense or as a result of a hurt or as a result of you hurting someone else, that part is, it's an unfinished ongoing work, right? In our lives and in our stories. And so I think that is the tension of living out some of these very, very important tenets of the faith. Like forgi- like forgiveness, I would say, is 
a major, major uh, concept and like it has major importance in Christianity and in faith. Like without forgiveness, I don't know if we can fully actually, yeah, I don't think we can actually fully embrace the totality of the gospel because forgiveness is right in our salvation story. It's right in the salvation message, forgiveness of our transgressions, forgiveness of our sins, forgiveness of our $6 billion debt, a debt we can never, ever, ever repay. Um, in comparison to what would be like, you know, in the story of the unforgiving servant, a $12,000 debt, you know, and those are the debts we have one to another. Um, there's no comparison. There's no comparison for what God did for us, for what we do one to another. Now, in saying that, I, I, I still understand that the gravity of some of the hurt and offenses that we've experienced on earth can be extreme. It can be very like, you know, we, you know, we've heard traumatic. Yeah. So traumatic. I mean, you know, children dying, you know, in a car accident from a drunk driver, like that's seems like an unforgivable sin, you know, a rape that, that seems like an unforgivable sin, a sexual abuse of a child. That seems like an unforgivable sin. Like there's these, the gravity of things, the pain in our world, you know, genocide, racism like these things that have happened in life to people we know to people we love to ourselves to our own family like these are seemingly unforgivable things but again when we take the whole idea of reconciliation in contrast with a perfect and holy and just god our lives in contrast to that um need the exact same thing, reconciliation. We need to be reconciled to God and it only comes through the forgiveness of our sins. So it really is such a powerful, powerful and very um, central message to the gospel. Mm, It is. I'm looking at you because I'm really taking it. (laughs) So, uh, So a question I would have for you is, where has reconciliation, like where, where's that played out in your life? Like where have you had to walk and what's, what's that been like in, in having to walk sort of a reconciliation journey, maybe with attention in a relationship or what does that felt like? What does that look like? Every one of us has it. Every one of us maybe is walking one right now where there's a relationship in our life. That's not where we desire it to be. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like for you? What does that felt like for you? Yeah, that, that's that's really powerful or how you even un, just unpacked reconciliation. Yeah, I can think to like many different circumstances, big and some some really small and some bigger that, you know, you just realize how quickly your heart can be offended. We're just, we're really easily offended, easily justified in what we feel is right. And so we can just take things on that are just not of God. There was a season that there was a relationship that was just a more difficult relationship that I was working through. And uh, just in just my own heart and trying to just kind of work out some of the differences and little offenses that over time just built, built, built and a lot of tension. And it got to this boiling point and it just became a real big mess, this relationship. And Jay and I were just like, what do we do? Like, we just didn't know how we were even going to be able to move forward. And it was a pretty close relationship. And uh, I just, I went on a fast and it was just, 
a seasonal fast had gone on, God began to deal with my own heart. And everything in me at that point was like, God, this person is so different than me. This person, you know, kind of drives me crazy. Like we just think so different. There's just so much involved here. And I just, I'm just done. I'm just so done. I'm putting boundaries up. I don't need this, you know, and God just went right away to my own heart and how I had caused pain and how I had caused and taking ownership. Um, and God had to show me that that was actually a revelation that had to happen. And it was during a three day fast that I had taken. And I wasn't expecting that. I was actually going on this fast to really start a new season being like, I felt like I was calling back into ministry. This is before I stepped into full-time ministry and God actually didn't even dress anything with my own desires, dreams, calling what I was sensing, nothing. He dealt with the sin of my heart that I had justified and covered with pride and covered with all that I felt that I was in the right and how I'd been wronged and how I had been misunderstood. And God just uncovered the sin of my own heart. And I wept for three days, like literally before the Lord repenting and just started to bring up a lot of other things in my own heart. And now looking back, I realized that's actually what needs to happen on a continual basis with God, that we see our sin for what it is. We see it in the light of Christ and we need the revelation of the Holy Spirit because we actually cannot see the depth of what our sin is creating in our hearts without. And I, I always love that in John, it says that God hasn't left us as orphans. He's brought us the spirit of truth. And that spirit of truth shows us truth of our hearts. If we're really yeah. willing to lay our hearts before the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, show me convict me of sin. It's not condemning you of sin. Let's be really careful here. It's convict me of sin, um, of where I have held offense and where it's robbing me. And those things, I love even how pastor Jason shared. It's not like I came out of that fast feeling completely this overwhelming love for this person or just, you know, maybe even felt like some of the situations were right. That wasn't the case. It was more like I understood where I had caused pain and what I had to own and the pride that I was walking in. And I didn't want to walk in that anymore. And so it was a fam a gathering that we had together and Jay and I were there and um, as a family and I just came to this person. I just said, listen, I, I want to apologize. I want to take full responsibility for all the pain I've caused. And I completely want to admit that I've been in the wrong. And it was very humbling for me to do that. And at that time, it wasn't received in that way of like, oh, wow, thank you so much. Yes, me too. Not at all. It wasn't. And you know what? In that moment, I kind of was already prepared for that. Like even this message, I knew that it was because I had to release things in my, my own pride I had to release things of my own heart and not for an expectation that they were going to readily forgive me or even take any ownership on their part. That's not what it was about. It was about saying like, I want to be in right relationship with God because I know where I have done wrong to the spirit of God. And in doing so, I've hurt this person. And so that was a really memorable moment for me. And Jay and I, you know, it's never really been talked about since with that person and never really have had that exchange. And you know what? It didn't matter. It kind of was released in that moment. And from that, I have now, does that ever try to come back? <laughs> Absolutely. It's a constant, like just because you've, you've had those moments, it, it has tried to come back many times. I'm still in relationship with this person and I have to continually put up this 
placed in my heart to be like, God, even going into a situation, be like, God, help me to be tender. Help me to see this person through your eyes. Help me to love this person as you would love. Because you know what? Let's just be honest in life. Not every relationship, there's natural chemistry. Yeah. There's, there's tensions. And sometimes you could really annoy each other or you just rub each other the wrong way. We used to call them grace growers. That's such a funny word. Gra- <laughs> I'm, I'm not, and I'm a grace grower in someone else's life. You may think I'm really sweet and nice, but you know what? I could tick people off. You know, some people don't like you. Really, I don't know. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And I'm a grace grower for people, and yeah. I people are grace growers for me, and we've got to recognize that. But that's a part of love of saying like we're still a, we're still together. We're in this together, and I've got to work through that. And so all that to say, it's like constantly just because we have those moments and I'm talking about something not where it's been like a painful journey with an abuser or with something like that. I'm not even, that's not even what I'm addressing here. I'm talking about relational pain in a sense of just misunderstandings. You know what though? You don't even have to qualify it because it doesn't matter what the offense it's is. It's true, Lord. No, no, it's, it matters what the offense is, but it yeah. it's, doesn't it's change. It's still the process of how God heals us. It doesn't us. change mm-hmm. how we are to mm-hmm. walk out reconciliation. It's so true. It's just hard. It's just hard. And it doesn't matter if the, if the offense is grave, like, I mean, grave, it's just really hard. And if the offense is lighter, sometimes that's hard too, but, and maybe not as hard, but it's just hard. Period. It's still reconciliation regardless. It's so true. I know. I feel like we almost have to, I like have want to qualify, qualify like to it. say like, cause you're trying to identify with people who are struggling through really, yeah. really deeper, like deep, deep, deep wounds. But it doesn't change. It's so true. Reconciliation yeah, is reconciliation. God wants to heal us. Yeah. Like God wants to heal us. It's about yeah. healing. It's about yeah. what God has already done for us. Yeah. I love too, because the, the walk of reconciliation, I love that story that you shared because I think it highlights this so well. We're responsible for 100% of our side of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. But the thing is we can't actually make reconciliation happen so and there could be lots of reasons for that it could be because the other person doesn't want to own their 100 whatever mm-hmm. that is even if you were the one that wronged them they may not want to receive your um apology your asking for forgiveness if they don't receive that if they don't release that then reconciliation and restitution isn't going to happen and so it does take two people both people who are involved in the uh the offense in order for a full reconciliation or full restitution to happen so i just think that's that is one a way too that we have to surrender like surrender control sort of of the situation because mm-hmm. we can't mm-hmm. actually make or force full reconciliation we're only responsible for 100 percent of our side and that so much is before the lord and then secondly, with that person. And mm-hmm. so how that looks, again, in every single situation can be so different and so unique. And I think it's so interesting because I think that the enemy gets into our heads when we're in an offense and he plays out these scenarios. And I don't know if you, I don't know if you've played these. I definitely have. Um, but where we say, well, when that person 
does this, when that person says this, when that person acknowledges what they did, when that person apologizes, Mm -hmm. when that person, then I'll forgive them. When that person pays me back all that they owe me and more with interest, when that person makes right the wrong that they caused, then I'll let it go. Then I'll forgive. We put all these conditions Mm. on reconciliation. And I think honestly, that's just again, the bait of Satan in the midst of an offense to actually try to hold you, hold me, hold me from a place of healing, from the healing that God Mm. has already provided. Remember, the cross is the ultimate reconciliation. It's the, he completed the work. It's Mm. a complete work. That's a work that we actually have, um, we can grab hold of. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Like we don't have to wait, but the enemy, I think, gets in our minds through the offense and makes us believe that somehow, somehow that person holds the key to our freedom. Hmm. Somehow that person is the only person that can release us from all this anger, from all this pain, from all this. I mean, we do this in marriage even. Do you know what I mean? Well, if they don't, if they don't own what they did, if they don't come back and recognize that they're not helping me enough in the house, they're not doing this, they're not doing that. If they can't own that 100%, then I'm withhold, I'm going to withhold love. I'm going to withhold forgiveness. I'm going to withhold whatever, all these conditions. And it's just a way of the enemy when God actually says, no, I want you to lay all that down, Mm. lay all that down and receive the completed work that I have already paid with my life for. Do you know, like, do you know what I'm saying? Yes. It's almost like the enemy holds you hostage. Holds you. He does. It's actually, even as you're saying it, that's the picture I'm getting is that you're held hostage when freedom is right there, but you're held hostage. Yeah. And made to believe. And the other thing Mm. I was thinking through too, which I think is so powerful because I've walked with people who've even had to go through the court system. Like they've had something happen to them that is, yeah, like is absolutely uh, complete wrong, should never have happened. They've had to go through the court system, whether it's like, whether there's an abuse situation, whether there was a, you know, a death, uh, manslaughter, whatever. I mean, serious like justice issues. And the crazy thing about it, it doesn't matter the gravity of the offense, the justice that a court system can do cannot right the wrongs that's right that were done that's right how insane is that and we spend all this time and all this effort and all this energy hoping that we're going to f- get some sort of relief for someone having to go to jail for what they did they can't undo what they've done none like and, and i've walked with people who've gone through the justice system hoping for, waiting for, what's that sentence going to be? Hoping that that was going to give them some relief to the pain that has been done to them. And the pain is, it's beyond. Like it's, it should never, ever happen to anybody. But that system is a system of the world. It can never actually do what Christ has already done and already provided by the cross. That's the only way we can get free, truly actually free and healed from the wrongs that have been done to us Mm. because it is the example that Christ set and it is what he has done for us continues to do every day and will continue for the rest of eternity to do until there's no more sin like do you know what I mean yes and that's a crazy that's just a crazy thought and so like I think of those of you who are listening and you you know what I'm talking about you've gone through the system of law and it doesn't Mm. it doesn't do 
what it's meant to do. It do. Nothing can actually bring true justice for the injustice that has been done to you. That's right. Because that person now may be in chains, like in prison, yeah. Yeah. but you're still imprisoned. You're still, you might in be walking the pain, in the pain and in the, the brokenness, the exactly. hurt, all of what happened. It doesn't take it away. Yeah. Yeah. There's only one way. Yeah. The only one way and only one that can do that. There's only one. Now for you, Lori, that question coming back to you, how have you walked out reconciliation in your lives? Like in your life, how has that looked? Yeah. Like, like I think part of the hardest thing is coming to terms with the tension of being in the reconciliation process with someone. I think mm-hmm. that's just, that's a hard, you, you, you sort of have to just come to terms with that space in a relationship, especially if it's someone you love and very, very similar to how you described, like, you know, I have walked through situations and continue to walk through situations where, you know, um, maybe I've hurt someone in a way. And then, uh, as a result of that hurt expressed to me, um, you know, I have to, I have to sort of ask forgiveness, make restitution. And in some cases, I don't actually feel like I've done what I'm being accused of, you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. in some cases I don't actually feel like the perspective is true or accurate, but still being put in this position. And you just realize in those moments that it doesn't actually matter. Mm-hmm. It doesn't actually matter if you've actually done what you're being accused of. If that person is hurting as a result of something they've perceived or something you have done, there's a space of humility before the Lord. And I, I find for me, like it's a helpful space to remove, like it's almost like you have to remove your pride mm. from the whole process. You have to remove the like earthly justice. I don't know if that makes sense, but almost like just like the factual things that have actually happened you have to remove that and you and I have to go into my relationship with God and I have to recognize like what God has done for me again and again and again and again and it's only in that space that I can truly humble myself and be able to sit in that space and say you know what for what I've done or for the good that I haven't done I am so sorry and Mm -hmm. will you forgive me and sometimes they've said no (laughs) like Mm -hmm. sometimes they've said no like I don't (laughs) (laughs) Like, I don't want to let this go. And you're like, okay. And again, that's the part of reconciliation that you have to sit in and you have to trust that God can do 100% of the work in your heart, the healing, um, you know, healing of words that have been spoken over you or healing of brokenness in relationship or whatever it is without them releasing you. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. And then there's been other situations where I have been hurt through nothing I have actually done, but hurt has come. And, um, and I remember this one summer, um, you know, a hurt had happened in our family and it wasn't to me directly, but it happened to someone in our family. And, uh, and as I felt like the Lord was asking me over, over the course of this one summer, I want you to go ask them to forgive you. And I was, I was so offended with God when he (laughs) even suggested this idea. I was like, excuse me, they hurt me. I didn't do anything. Like I did nothing. Like I didn't do anything. This just happened to me, to my family. And I felt like the Lord said, no, I want you to ask forgiveness for, uh, shutting, like closing off your heart 
for completely close and how you've treated them um, as a result of that hurt. And I was like, that is... I do not receive that. <laughs> and I wrestled with the Lord. I wrestled like, like Jacob wrestled. I wrestled. I mean, tormented in my spirit with what I knew God was asking me to do. But I was like, this is not fair. This does not make any sense. This is not right. And I kept finding myself wanting to tell people the story, my story of what happened. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I wanted to, because I wanted I knew that if I told it and the way that I would tell the story, people would be like, oh, of course, they'd be totally on my side. Do you know what I mean? And I felt like the Lord said, no, you can't talk about this with anybody. I wasn't, I I felt like I, anyway, it was just this like utter torment for months, for months. And I would go on these long walks with the Lord and he would keep talking to me about it. And I'd run all the scenarios. Well, as soon as they, well, if they acknowledge, well, if they do this, then I will. Well, if, and I kept putting all of these conditions on Mm. how I would enter into this, this moment to finally, it literally took about three months of the Lord just at me, just at me, at me, at me. No, this is what I've done for you. This is what I've done for you. Finally letting go, finally surrendering, actually doing it, get meeting this person, getting together with them. And, you know, I, I actually had to emotionally run through this scenario in my mind and my heart for if I said this and I did this and they didn't reciprocate. Like I, like they were the one that had wronged me, but I knew that there was a possibility that if I opened up this space that they may not reciprocate and say like, will you forgive me too? Like for whatever, you know, for their part. And I had to resolve that Mm -hmm. before I went into it because I had to resolve that with the Lord saying, it's not about that. That's not, it's not about the outcome. I can't go into it with a specific outcome in mind. Very similar to your story, right? Mm -hmm. Like I had to, I had to go into it. This was about me and the Lord. This was about my relationship with the Lord. This was about my healing. This was about reconciliation with him. And I, I had to trust the rest. I had to trust the rest in his hands. And so I did it and it was terrifying and it was awful and I hated every second of it and it did, it wasn't reciprocated. And I was literally like, I was emotionally completely prepared for it and it made no difference. I wasn't even disappointed. It wasn't even a disappointment. I felt a complete release. I actually felt like a different person immediately. Something shifted mm-hmm. in my spirit, something mm-hmm unleashed Mm -hmm. like something unlocked Mm -hmm. from from within me in that moment just that confession out loud and yeah like that's but you know it has has restoration happened full I'd say no I would say no no Mm -hmm. not a full restoration yeah there's there's peace but it's not a reconciled situation it's an ongoing like walking out and but it it's yeah like it's it's I think again, like what God asks of us feels like it feels unfair and it feels um, like it feels unjust somehow. But it's because we bring the offense into like our earthly kingdom. Do you know what I mean? Not Mm -hmm. the kingdom of God. Like we bring Mm -hmm. the offense into sort of the world of earthly natural justice. Mm -hmm. And I... I actually think God is constantly and continually trying to bring us into the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of the world. 
And so every time we pull the offense down back into the kingdom of the world and the, the worldly justice and what should be right, I think that we get blocked from the true freedom that only comes when we enter the kingdom of God and his righteousness, because it's actually not about our rights. It's about his righteousness. So it's a whole, that's a whole other game. It's a whole other game. So again, even as we, as we talk about this, I feel the tensions around this whole subject because I can feel many of your stories. We have the privilege of sitting in your stories and they're, they're, they're deep and hard and real. And that's like real pain. And this doesn't negate what has happened, the wrongs that have been done, and they're never okay, never okay. But I really believe God is calling us out of the earthly realm of justice of what's right and what is your rights in the midst of what's happened to you. And he's pulling you up. He's drawing you up into his righteousness. He wants you to walk in the full righteousness of God, which means you lay down your rights and receive the fullness of his righteousness, which is peace, which is life, which is joy. And you can have that no matter what has happened to you or no matter what you've done to others. You can have that, but you have to come out of the kingdom of the world, right? Laura, I think you just preached a message right there, (laughs) an incredible message. And that's the message of hope because that's what's been done for us. And like you're saying, the kingdom of God, when we actually take a step back and look at the gospel of the billion, for example, billion dollar debt that we owed that we could never pay. And we keep getting drawn back into that little earthly kingdom of the 12,000 debts we're trying to get what's owed to us. And that it literally what happens, but we take a step into the kingdom. May we become so like Christ, that little offense, that's my prayer. Often yeah. I'm like, God, yeah. may I be so dead to myself that little offends me. And if it does, help me to lay it down so yeah. quickly. Yeah. But that's exactly what you're talking about. The kingdom of God. Reconciliation is part of us working out salvation. That's part so good. of it. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. This is part of it, of reconciliation. So of to live is Christ, to die is gain, because we go with Christ, but to live is Christ. Yeah. To live is Christ is the spirit of reconciliation, so of not our rights, our place, what's owed to us, making our stand. It's literally living in the kingdom of God to be like, I am bought with a price. My life is not my own. And us reconciling does not diminish pain does not excuse what people have done. That's not what reconciliation is about. But reconciliation is not being held hostage to actually what will destroy us, what the enemy has come to rob, steal, and destroy, but that he has, God has come to give us life. And this is the only key for life is to be able to be reconciled to God and to allow reconciled to flow out of us, reconciliation. So yeah, that's that's really powerful. I love too that even in the in the parable of the unforgiving servant, that the twelve thousand dollar debt, the smaller debt, like if anybody ever owed you twelve thousand dollars, like that's a lot of money. That's yeah. a big debt. Like yeah. that's a big debt in life. Like it really is. Any for anybody, whether you're rich or poor, yeah, like twelve thousand dollars is a significant debt. If someone actually owed you that much money, like if they stole that much money from you, 
like that that's that's very very significant and and this is the call this is the call that the unforgiving servant needs to repent for holding that against that person and that sounds crazy that sounds absolutely Mm -hmm. crazy but the reason the unforgiving servant actually also yes the person who owes money yes they need they need to pay back yes they need to make right what they've done but the person holding on to that offense needs to repent for holding on to that offense because that is blocking the flow of healing and reconciliation that God wants to do mm-hmm. in that relationship. And again, mm-hmm. that's exactly what you said, that laying down, that dying mm-hmm. too. Like that's the part that is not of this world. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not of this world. I was reading um the story of Joseph and his brothers. Mm. Um, and just thinking about this whole idea of offenses and transgressions and all of that. And there is this beautiful part of the story at the very, very end of the story in Genesis 50, where um, Joseph's. So this is after Joseph is restored to his brothers. His, he's already been restored. He's already provided for his brothers. He's already moved them to the land of Goshen. He's protected them. Um, they're, they're back together. And Joseph's father has just died. And after Joseph's father died, his brothers come back to him after, I don't know how much time has elapsed after this, but after his father dies, his brothers come back to Joseph and they literally beg him again, please forgive us. Please forgive us. They actually are afraid that now that their father has died, that he, he's going to kill his brothers. That mm-hmm. He's going to show vengeance that now. That he's going to show vengeance. He's going to take it out on his brothers for what they've yeah. done. Yeah. They're still holding on to the guilt mm of what they've done and they still they actually somehow believe that joseph holds key to release them from the guilt of what they've done this is a really interesting perspective on even reconciliation because if we're the one who has done something wrong if we are the offender we can also be guilty of holding on to the guilt of what we've done to the point where it actually blocks the freedom that God wants to bring mm. and the forgiveness that God wants to bring in our lives, the reconciliation mm. for what we've done, the, the wrongs that we've done. So his brothers come to him and they're like, they beg him, please don't kill us. We're so sorry for what we've done. And um, they fall down before him. And actually, it says that they sent him a note, which is so <laughs> funny. They sent him this in a note. And then later they they come before him and they bow down before him again. And they say, behold, we're, we're your servants. And this is what Joseph says to, to them. And I thought this was so interesting. He says, do not fear for am I in the place of God? And then he says, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for my good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. And he says, so do not fear. I will provide for you and your little ones. Joseph had fully released them. Mm. He had fully reconciled with God. He had fully forgiven them, but they had never let go of the guilt of what they had done to him. They feared him and they saw him as the key to release them. And Joseph literally says to them in that moment, do not fear. Am I in the place of God? I can't release you of this. And if you read and study a little bit about it, what he's actually saying is do not fear. You should not fear me. You should fear God though. Mm-hmm. You must fear God for he's the only one that mm. can release you. He's the only one that has the power to destroy you or bless you, to forgive you, to not forgive you. And again, when we hold on to the guilt 
of what we've done. It's again a way that the enemy just wants to play on us and hold us captive, like mm. you said, hostage to our past, to our choices, to our sin, mm. to our brokenness, where God says, no, I took that brokenness to the cross completely. It is paid for. It is mm. done. But we have to receive that. Like mm. we have to receive that. And I think it's such a powerful idea to recognize where um, we, who is the object of our fear? Are we afraid of what someone is going to do to us? Are we afraid of even the vengeance we deserve? Or are we truly afraid, not afraid, but fear God and his holiness? Because all of our sin is against him. Mm. Yes, it is against each other. It's manifest one to another, but it's against him. And do we really fear that offense? Wow, He's completely paid for it, though. You know what I mean? That He's completely so covered good. us, but that can really hold us back. That can hold us. What a powerful yeah. story too. Isn't that a powerful what story? What a powerful story. And right away, it goes right back as we're kind of bringing this to a close. It brings us back that this is something we cannot do on our, on our own. Yes. We actually cannot do it on our own. Yes. We need the spirit of God to do that. Like what Joseph was able to do, that was from a posture of humility and a, a work of God. Yes. Like a supernatural work of God. So even today as you're listening, if you're feeling like your situation's almost impossible, like you think there's no way I can let go of this bitterness, or I've hurt someone so deeply, there's no way that they'll ever forgive me. There is a hope in this message that God can do what only God could do. Yeah. And you can bring this to the foot of the cross and allow the spirit of God to do a work inside of you that is supernatural. This is the miracle of miracles. These are signs and wonders. This is a miracle in a human heart that is hard as stone is made into a heart of flesh and tender. And that is something that only God, because God says, I will put a new spirit within you. So ask for that today. Yeah. Ask today, God, yeah. give me a new spirit. Yeah. Give me a new spirit a new heart to forgive help me to forgive as you've forgiven me help me to extend that teach me yeah. release me yeah and if you are holding on to guilt like we just talked about ask for that spirit of god to bring the spirit of forgiveness to you for you first yeah. to receive forgiveness you yes. need that that's yes. a revelation you need from god to receive forgiveness and not walk in shame and guilt and so today we just want to remind you this is always bringing us back to the spirit of god yeah. we're yeah. not left of orphans this yeah. holy spirit is with us mm -hmm. we cannot do this mm -hmm. this is not by might nor by power but yeah. by the spirit of god yeah. so come to god with your brokenness come to god with your pain and the Allow the true spirit of yeah. God, the spirit yeah. of reconciliation yeah. to bring that fruit in your life. So he's able. So good. He's able it's to so do good. the impossible. I had uh, a really interesting uh, question or conversation, I guess, um, around this topic one time. And I'm just going to bring it up because I feel like it's not, it's not unique in the sense that others might feel this way, but I had a conversation with someone who had a quite a serious, quite something quite serious happened to them. And uh, they were struggling with the idea of forgiveness, both because, you know, the person who hurt them didn't deserve to be forgiven, but also this idea, how could God, how could a God who was just actually forgive a person who had hurt me? The, even this idea, like the whole concept of that God could reconcile that offender hmm. while I'm suffering from what they've done to me like was unfathomable 
completely unfathomable to this person. And, um, you know, as, as I was talking with them and, and just, you know, really empathizing with what they were going through, I, I can see how that can be difficult. Mm. I can see how that can be a difficult thing to navigate and to walk through. Um, and again, I think in what we're talking about today, it does go back to as long as we stay in the earthly system of justice, then in that system, no, that person doesn't deserve to be forgiven and uh, that person shouldn't be released. They should have to live with the guilt of that for the rest of their life. But the problem in that earthly system is not only does it hold them captive, but it also holds you captive Mm. because you feel like you can't let go if they can let go, mm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. that, that is hold it. That's like a condition upon your own walking out and your own healing. And so again, the work of the cross is already completed and Christ is trying to bring us up to that completion, that healing that's for you. But no, it's a hard it's a hard idea. And we see it in the scriptures too, when Jesus looks to the thief on, that's right beside him, while the guaranteed the people he had hurt were there. Guaranteed. That's how it mm-hmm. was. You watched mm-hmm. the person who had hurt you die and said, I, I, today you'll be with me in paradise. Like you're, you're forgiven. Mm-hmm. You, you will be with me today. Like I can't imagine mm. the pain of those people watching that happen. What does that even mean? And how could he absolve him? Mm-hmm. It's a this is tough stuff. It is tough this stuff. This is tough stuff. And even Jesus's words on the cross, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." Yeah. Here, Jesus has just been, yeah, like tortured yeah. and killed, innocent yeah. man, yeah, God, yeah, innocent, and still yeah. here he is extending reconciliation. But and that's love. a tension, eh? But that's the tension. Isn't isn't that such a tension? Like such a tension. The idea that the very person who hurt you can also have freedom. Mm. It's a te- it's a hard mm-hmm. it's a hard tension. Mm-hmm. But again, the enemy wants you fixed fixated and focused on that person. Yeah, and, God, and on the pain. And God wants you fixed on him. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Period. So yeah. as long as you're fixed on that person, as long as you're fixed on whatever is happening in that person's life. Isn't that so true? If you're fixed on the person, then you are hostage to the pain. You're hostage. But if you are fixed, your eyes are fixed on Jesus, then you actually are free in provision and promise. Yes. Yes. There it is. There is a choice. There it is. That's a quotable line. Yeah. Say that again. <laughs> well, if you are fixed on the pain, if you're fixed, fixed on the, on person, the pro- person, you're you're hostage to the pain. But if you're fixed on Jesus, you are now free in the provision and promise that God has for you. So good. There it is. Awakening moment. Yeah. <laughs> so true. That's powerful. Yeah. That's really, really powerful. So God, fix us on you. Yeah. Make us more like you. Yeah. Fix us on yeah. you. Yeah. That's really yeah. good. That's really good. So yeah, this is tough stuff. This is yeah. this is hard to walk. This is real life. And the one thing yeah. that we know for sure is that um, God is making all things new. Yeah. And uh, there will be a day 
when there won't be any more pain, there won't be any more sorrow or crying or tears or sin. Mm -hmm. But that day is not today. Today, we have to walk in the brokenness Mm -hmm. of the world and relationships and Mm -hmm. all of that. But in the midst of that, when our eyes are fixed on Jesus and what he's done for us and our true salvation, it's our salvation. Mm -hmm. It saves us from these offenses. We can truly experience life and promise. Amen. Yeah, that's so good. And the gospel is not for the faint of heart. Yeah. It's not for the faint of heart. And you are stronger than you think because of the Holy Spirit in you. And so with that being said, I just want you to know because of that, you are crowned as children, no longer daughters. We're going to say children, (laughs) sons and daughters, brothers, our brothers and our sisters (laughs) as sons and daughters of the King. That's right. And God has complete confidence in you. So have an awesome day. We hope you enjoyed the podcast today. It would mean the world to us if you would subscribe and leave a review. You can follow us on Instagram at Awakening Moments Podcast, and you will find Lori and I at Lori Eitz Boucher and Rhonda.Corto. We'd love to connect with you. <laughs>